0: You're supposed to be free, Amen. He, He who the sun sets free, free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom, Amen. Uh, you know, uh, you know the problem with a deceived person. They don't know they're deceived. You know, if they knew they were deceived, they wouldn't be deceived anymore, right? They'd just be ignorant. And I know you're not ignorant. So there's a chance you might be deceived. You might be under the impression that the more quiet you are, the easier life will be. No, 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 no. Uh, You know, you, you, you might think, well, church is a place to be, you know, reverent before God. The Bible says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He's rejoicing over you with singing. You know what the word rejoice means? It means to spin about in circles, jumping up and down, making a loud, clamorous noise. You know, God's pretty excited about you. And I think that you ought to show a little excitement about Him. Come on. He's doing great things in your life. That's what we're talking about. Amen. Amen. You know what we need? See, because a lot of times we're praying for stuff. We're asking God for stuff. and uh, But it's not... we. We're a little bit off track because we ask God for stuff that isn't really what we need. You know what I mean? You know, you're, you're praying, God, you know, give me power. You got enough power to blow the lips off the front of your face right now. You don't need more power. You, you know, you, you need a little revelation, right? We, you need his word. Let me tell you what's going to give you the upper edge and, and set you uh, uh, at a level that, that just has the ability to humiliate hell every day of your life. It's revelation of his word. His word, his word is, is going to, you know, if you can receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, that has the power to, to set you free. That has the power to change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the choices that you make, which will change the actions that you perform, which will change the habits that you develop, which will change the character that you possess, which will change the end result that you experience. I mean, a lot, a lot of us are trying to change the experience that we've got going. We want to we change the circumstance or the situation, but, but, but we want God to change. Well, yeah, but if he changed it, you wouldn't sustain it for five minutes. You, you know, you get in a prayer line, get freedom. By the time you get to the car, you're just as jacked up as you were when you came in. How did that happen? Well, you got to change. You got to change on the inside. You got to change the character. You got to change the habits. You got you to change the actions. You got to change the choices. You, you got to change. You know, it gets down to that thoughts. You got to change the way you think. How do you know that not everything you think is right? <laughs> About 3%. The rest of us are going, that's those people. We're nudging people. See, I told you you were wrong. No, not every, Here's the problem is that, is that we don't always think right. So we got to get in the word of God to help us change the way we think. All right? We got to think, you know, God, when he said, my thoughts aren't your thoughts, it wasn't a put down, it was an invitation up. And, and In other words, he said, you know, hey, I can help you with this. I, you know, I can, I can bring you to a level where you can see stuff you couldn't see before. And if you ever get to a place that you can see what you couldn't see before, well, then you can go where you couldn't get before. And if you can go where you couldn't get before, you can touch what you couldn't reach before. And if you can touch what you couldn't reach before, you could do what you used to say was impossible. Man, I'm telling you where God's pulling you is to a place of insane, victorious power. Man, he, he's leading you into a life that is just stinking amazing. Amen. And, 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 and dude, I'm going to tell you how he's going to do. He's going to do it through his word. So you got to get it in his word every day. You got to get in the word and get the word into you. And I'm not talking about reading chapters at a time. I think that's a great spiritual discipline. You're going to read the Bible this year. Go for it. But you have to have a verse or two that you are, you know, that you're meditating on day and night. You know, that you read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it. And 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 then you just chill there and think about it for a little bit. Let the Holy Ghost talk to you about it. And then, you're equipping yourself so that at any given moment when the enemy shows up, you can just punch him in the throat. Because you got the Word of God. Hey, well, well which, which one do I start on? Who cares? You know, when the enemy's messing with your kids, throw a financial scripture at the devil. That'll mess him up. Well, you mean I don't have to have the right one? Anyone is better than None. Right? So, so just, just just grab onto some scripture, man. Just start getting it in you, amen. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you'll hold your hand up, our ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody has a copy of the Word of God. There's no excuse for a believer to not have God's Word. You can download an app and have a dude read to you out of the book of Proverbs, a chapter every day, before you get out of bed. You know, you can have people email it to you. You can have it texted to you. You can you can get it in a thousand different directions, and the fact that you don't have a life verse is nuts, We need God's word. Amen. I said we need God's word. And and why? Because God's word is is is, that's your ticket, man. That's your ticket. That's the ticket to your freedom. That's the ticket to your to to to, my God. That's the ticket to your breakthrough. That's the ticket to your healing. That's the ticket to your financial stuff. That's the ticket to your health. That's the ticket. That's the ticket to, to a peaceful habitation. That's the ticket. don't you think it would be really weird? Isn't it really weird? I don't know very many people that sit around watching the TV and the the numbers are popping up. The numbers are popping up. Oh, I hope we win. I hope we win. Did we buy a ticket? No. Well, you're not going to win without a ticket. Okay. And I I can already tell that there's some religious person in here going right now, well, is he telling us that we should buy tickets? Is that the word from the Lord today that we should go? No, just stay with me. But you know, it's it's just weird that you think you're going to win something that you haven't got to hold it. The word of God's your ticket. Here, let me throw a verse at you, okay? Just, just this is not in the notes. This, is not, this, this part's free, okay? This part's free. Mark four twenty four. Be careful what you hear, okay? The, the amplified version is really cool. For the level of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear, determines the level of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Virtue, that's power. Remember when Jesus said, I felt virtue leave my body? That's power. So the reason a lot of people don't have any power being produced by the word is because they haven't given any thought or study to the word. Okay, So you give thought and study to the word, and it increases the power, and the effectiveness of that word in your life. You need the word. But, but, but the end of the verse says, for to him that has shall more be given, but to him that has not, even what he has shall be taken away. For to him that has shall more be given, but to him that hath not, even what he has shall be taken away. Have you ever thought about that? For, I mean, just thought about it? How do you take something away from somebody who has nothing? I mean, that used to really bother me because, you know, hey, when I decided to get serious about God, I was going to get serious about God, and I'm going to get in this book, and I'm going to learn this book, and I'm going to understand this book. And, and I got into his word, and I'm reading stuff like that. To him who has shall more be given. To him who has not, even what he has shall be taken away. Well, number one, that's not fair. And, and, you know, in our, in our, (laughs) I got to be careful here, but in our society, that just don't seem right. We should take from people who have and give to people who have not. That's not Bible. Sorry. Yeah. Now, now at the same time. We should, you know, I mean, let's, let's talk about the poor because we're into, we're, we're into reaching out to the poor, you know, we're, but, you know, uh, we, we should, we're supposed to feed the poor. We got to take care of the poor. But, but if you're going to help us do that, you, you're going to need to get a job. Okay. I, I, better, I better move on, man. I'm going be in so much trouble in just a minute. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever thought about how do you take something away from somebody who ain't got nothing? To him who has, he's getting more. To him who has not, even what he has. To him who has not, even what he has. To him who has not. How can you take something away from somebody who ain't got it? It's not that you ain't got it. It's just that you didn't know you had it and you didn't even realize when it was taken from you. So the enemy is ripping you off of things that you didn't even know that you possessed. Well, why didn't you know? Because you never gave any thought and study to what God said. And since you didn't know what God said, it's hard to get in agreement with God. Because the Bible says that if any two of you agree together, you know, man, yeah, you can walk together, right? But to walk together, you've got to be in agreement. To walk with God, you've got to agree with God, agree with God. you kind of got to know what he said. So you're getting ripped off all the time, and you don't even know it. You, don't, you didn't even realize that your victory was missing. You just justified not having any. Well, you know, because life is hard and people are mean and the devil's, you know, ugly. Yeah, but for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that He might destroy the works of the evil one. He He, destroy, he destroyed the works of the, he, di, he didn't He didn't break something. He He annihilated it. Okay, something that's broken can be repaired, but when it's destroyed. It's rendered powerless. How did a defeated devil gain victory over a victorious believer? Well, the victorious believer didn't know he had victory, so when the enemy came and took his victory, he didn't realize that his victory was gone. He just didn't know that he had victory ever. He just thought he was powerless. You're not powerless. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now cooking your mortal body. I mean, we're talking about the very same stuff that Jesus was walking around using to heal the sick and raise the dead. That's at your disposal today. And I'm here to tell you that, you know what? God wants to give you a revelation of power and an increase of power in every realm of your life. And hell's having a meeting right now trying to figure out what they're going to do with you if you ever buy in to the truth that God's word is going to empower you and position you to win and succeed in any given situation in life. I'm I'm telling you, man, demons are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And they're trying to mess with your head. Tell them, shut up. Why why do we praise God? Well, because of what Jesus said. Jesus said that out of the mouth of bathes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. You have ordained praise, one translation says. You have ordained praise. Let me tell you what your praise does. Your praise tells hell to shut up. Hell can't even, hell has to step back and be silent when you're praising God. And, you know, and that's, why, that's why so many people struggle when it comes to this praise thing. They're sitting there, and all you thinking about yourself. Trust me, we ain't praising you. The word worship means to rivet your eyes on someone or something, to sit at his one feet, even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. When we come to worship, our mind ain't on you. That's why we turn the lights out, so you can maybe forget about you for a minute. Because what are we doing? We're, we're telling hell, shut up. You just back off, sit down, be quiet for a minute. I'll kick your booty in a second. But right now, I'm going to rivet my attention on God. And I'm I'm gonna get infused with something that's gonna that's gonna empower me to walk out of this building. This is the locker room. This isn't where the game's played. This is the locker room. We're gonna go hit the field in a minute. And when you get out there, you're gonna you're gonna kick some booty this week. Why? Because God's gonna infuse you with an inner strength. And you like Paul are gonna say, I'm ready for anything equal to everything that comes my way through Christ, who's infusing me with an inner strength. No weapon formed against me can prosper, and every tongue that rises against me, I just say, shut up. Why? I'm gonna walk in the victory that God's given to me. You know, Matthew, Matthew 28, 18, they'll plop that one up there for you. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All power is given unto me. All power. Everybody say, All power. All power. Okay, now, now remember, he's, we're talking about the guy with all the power. Hello, somebody. We're talking about the guy with all the power, but the part that I want you to focus on is that where it says, All power is given. All power is given. You have power. Okay? You have power in all different er- arenas of life. You have power. But all power is given. Okay? So you've been given power. You have already been given power. And God would like to increase that power. But you don't need to increase the power to somebody who won't recognize the power that they already possess. So if you can't recognize the power that you have, then why would he increase your power? Because, you know, you don't, you, 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 you are, are you with me? See, he's, he wants to give you power. Now, the other side of the coin is it can also be taken. And see, I think that we understand that we have power, but we can lose power. So we get this, th- this mindset that says, well, since I have power, what I need to do is protect the power that I have. Because if I, if, if I use it, or if I abuse it, or if I let somebody take advantage of me, I'm going to lose my power. No, no, you, you have to do life God's way. Okay, You want a God-like result. See, if you're going to be a first-chair believer, if you're going to be a guy who is a wholehearted servant of God, you've got to do it God's way. You don't want to hang out very long in the second chair of compromise, where there's duplicity, where it just depends on who you're with and where you're at and what's going on, because someday your church you is going to make a decision that your work you doesn't want to, you know, initiate someday, someday your church, you will say something that you that your golf and you disagrees with. It's, you got to become a whole person. You got to get healed. And you, you got to say, you know what? I want to be a wholehearted servant of God. I don't want to live in a chair of conflict. I don't want to be a conflict with God. I don't want to find myself in a, in, a, in a chair where I, where there's complacency and where I, I'm just satisfied. No, no, no. I, I, I'm going to press in and be the wholehearted servant that God's called me to be. And I'm going to realize that that Jesus has already shown us what to do with this power. We talked about it last week, but I I just want to get us all on the same page real quick. And and, you know, and if you got your Bible with you, open it up and let's look at it together. If you don't, they'll put it up on the screen. But in John chapter 13, in John chapter 13, you know, it was just before the Passover, and Jesus knew that the hour he knew what was going on. He and and you know, and and uh, look at verse three real quick. Just drop to verse three. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his. His power. Jesus was aware of his power. And, and remember the story that what he's doing here is he's showing the guys. I mean, he just walks in. He's got the power. They ain't nobody in the room that's questioning who has the power, okay? It's Jesus has the power, And Jesus walks in, understanding who he is, what he's got, and he takes his robe off that signifies his authority, and he picks up the towel that should be worn by the servant, and he goes to washing their feet, right? And he's washing their feet, and it ain't about getting dirt out from between their toes, but it's about using power, not to elevate your own status, but to elevate the status of everybody else in the room. And that's what Jesus is showing them. And down about verse 12, if we drop down to that, it says, it, and uh, there it is, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he said, do you understand what I've done for you? Do you, do you get this? Are you seeing this? And I got to tell you something, those guys in that room, they got it. They, they, they had great following. They were very popular. They had, they had incredible you know, lives, but not there's no record of any one of those guys having any issue with arrogance at all. Why? Because they just saw the guy with all the power and he explained it. And he made sure they got it. And today you and I need to make sure we get it. Do you understand what I have done for you? Look at verse 13. You call me teacher. You call me Lord. And rightly so, for that is what I am. Verse 14 says that uh, uh, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, then you also should wash each other's feet. So I've, I've taken on the role of servant to you. Now you should do that for each other. Look at verse 15. It says, I've set an example so that you should do it the way that you've seen it done. Look at 16. And I'm telling you that no servant is greater than his master. See, a lot of times we we like to use verses a little bit out of context. You know, because we we like to tell people, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. Remember who you're talking to. Remember who you're talking to. I'm the master. You're the servant. A servant is not greater than the master. So you make sure that you speak to me correctly. Do you hear me? You sure? Don't you forget. No student is greater than his teacher. That that wasn't the point he was making. Here's the point he was making, that when you refuse to serve others, you're saying, well, that's good for you, Jesus, but I'm better than you. See, when you won't bend your knee, when you won't take off your authority, when you won't use your power to elevate the status of others, you're saying that you're better than Jesus. And Jesus is making it very, very clear. If you're going to be a wholehearted servant of God, you're not going to, you're not going to use your power for what you want. You're going to use your power for the purpose that he gave it to you. See, God ain't never done anything without a purpose. Matter of fact, you're not a mistake. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, he said, before I, before I formed you, I knew you. you. You know, it's like God said, hey, I, I was sitting there thinking about the future and I saw where you were going to fit in. And I had a dream about the future and you were in my dream and, and I saw wh- exactly where you were going to be. So I sanctified you, which means all it means is just churchy word that means uh, uh, I made you different. You're, you're set apart. You're not like everybody else. And I ordained you, which simply means I empowered you. I empowered you to fulfill the purpose that that you were created for. you, You have a purpose for your life. You have a purpose for your life. And it's not just inhaling and exhaling. God's got a plan. God knows exactly where you are. Man, he, he, you know, he has the ability to take the things that you thought were horrible. He can turn it and use it for good. Man, he can take what the enemy tried to use to kill you, and he can make that the thing that, that, that elevates you. So, he can take your story that you thought should have taken you out, and he'll take your journey, and he'll empower it. He will anoint it, and you will walk up to somebody who ain't making it, and you'll look at him and say, oh, give me your hand. I can walk you right through the middle of this mess, been here, done that. David said in the book of Psalms that uh, blesses the man when walking through the valley of weeping, digs a well. Man, he, man you, if, you get a, if you get a revelation of the empowerment that God has put in you, that right when things get the worst, right when, you, right when it's the hardest, man, you just break out a shovel. What are you doing? I'm digging a well. See, the enemy thought you were digging your grave. No, I'm digging a well. Why? Because the next guy that gets here is going to realize, oh, we got this. Look at the next verse, what Jesus said. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed when you do these things. See, now that, you, now that you know what power's for, church, hear this. This is really, really important. Now that you know what power is for, when you use power for the purpose that it was provided, God said, I will bless you. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, Last night I was talking about Ed McMahon and then I suddenly realized that there's a bunch of millennials in here who don't have a clue who that is. <laughs> Get to think, of, you know, sometimes it's really weird how old we've gotten. <laughs> hey, hey, come here a minute. I've got a great friend, got a great friend here from Oaxaca. Did I say it right? Yeah. yeah. I, I did. Yeah. Oh, man, I said it right. Oaxaca, Mexico, been there 16 years. Uh, uh, I've known him his, his entire life. His sister was in my graduating class in high school. His father, I worked for his father when I was in high school, driving tow truck and had a gas station. And, and, and uh, his mom and dad, uh, you know, eventually started coming to my dad, one of my dad's Bible studies. They got filled with the Holy Spirit. They got kicked out of their church, and then they went to, to, to Mexico <laughs> Well, that's just how it happened. It just broke down that way. You know. We had a refugee camp for, for Lutherans for a while. It was okay. And, and uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it's all right. It's, it's, it is what it is. And, and then, it, then his folks did uh, several years, 15, 16 years as missionaries in Mexico. He, he was raised in that environment, got excited about God, went to Christ for the nations, met his beautiful wife, and uh, went to Mexico. And he's been on staff with his father-in-law in uh, Oaxaca. That's that's so good, because well, I wanted to say. And what happened? And uh, and, uh, uh 16 years there, little church, about 3,000 people. Greet the people.
1: Hi. Hi. Um, do you,
0: you want to play the drums?
1: Um, well, let's see, what, would you stand up? If you could. This is my wife Maricela, and um, my daughter Daniela, and my son Michael. So. <laughs> we uh yeah, we, we go way, way back. I um Thelma, um, she was um, probably more of a grandma to me than my own grandparents were, and she actually I'm a I'm a bass player. She bought me my first bass guitar. I think I was twelve. And um yeah, I could say a lot more, but um anyway, we're uh, we're looking at starting a new church down there. We're, changing the city and uh, we're so y'all be praying for us <laughs> and uh, we're excited about that but it's just wanted to come back and get back in touch with Tom and so it's uh feel like I got beat up yesterday and last night in a good way <laughs> bring it on
0: <laughs> so. hey I think that bass guitar thing I think that was alone and with interest we'll talk about what Joe means later yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hey, take Take a couple of minutes today and hook up with them and get to know them. And, and uh, 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 but, but God has a purpose. God has a purpose. He's tying you to people that make a difference. And you look back and it don't make any sense. Sometimes in the middle of the story, it's like, what in the world? And David said, "I look behind me and I see where you were there." You know. You know. And sometimes you, you know you look back and you and you realize that hey, God really is working on purpose. And if you and I can kind of align with him and his purpose, if we can understand his purpose and then go after it with everything we got, man, when you want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, nothing can stop you right? The enemy wants to convince you that you're powerless, that you, that you can't handle what you're facing, that, that this is bigger than you. And, and Jesus just wants you to know, hey, listen, it's too easy. Whatever the situation you're in, all you got to do is whatever strength you can find, whatever gift you possess, whatever opportunity opens up, just use it to bless somebody else and I'll take care of you. You know, it's Matthew 6. It's Matthew 6. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things, his, his way of being right. And, and then he said, And all the stuff that you're worried about, I'll handle that. I'll handle that. And see, you, you have to understand that everything that God has empowered you with has a purpose. Okay? All of it. It's got a purpose. God's opened doors for you that no man can shut. He's put you in a place, in a position. The word blesses, it's not like, like if, 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 now that you know these things, you're going to be blessed if you do them. It's not like, you, okay, so I'm going to have a bigger house. I'm going to have a faster car. I'm going to have a newer bike. I'm going to get a, a you know a sweeter boat. That may be, but here, here, that's not blessed. The word blessed means positioned to win or succeed regardless of the circumstance. So you'll be positioned to win or succeed, even when it looks like you couldn't possibly win. But if you do his purpose, he, when you do what he said, he'll perform what he promised every single time. But we have a problem now. So you start you start understand, okay, I, I have power. I have purpose. God, God has, a, has this plan for my life. God intends to bless me. He's going to, you know, it, it, he has a plan. It's to prosper me, not to harm me. It's to give me hope. It's to give me future. Okay, I start buying into that. Well, now we have a problem. God. Because God will lead you into battles that you can't win. He'll lead you in problems that you can't solve. He'll lead you into situations you can't afford. And he'll put you in a position where the human nature's you know, tendency is to, at all costs, protect the blessing of God. Since God has blessed me, I need to protect the blessing. He didn't, no, if God gave you a blessing, it wasn't so you could protect it. It's so that you could advance his purpose. But we end up attempting to protect the blessing, and quite often that causes us to reject the will of God. So we'll want to reject the will of God in an effort to protect the blessing of God, which causes us to take on the role of God. So we end up up trying to be the guy that's making the decision. We're telling God what we're going to do with the blessing, the empowerment that he's given to us. And you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't have that problem. Okay, let's take one more offering. Let's ask God what he'd like us to get. Well, I can't afford to do that. Well, wait a minute. God's Deuteronomy 8.18 says, Remember that it is God who's given you the power to get your wealth. Well, if God gave you the power to get the wealth, then God had a purpose for the wealth when he gave it to you. And have you ever asked God what the purpose of the wealth is? No, you ask God you know, to give you more wealth so you can have a bigger down payment so you can get more stuff that you like. See, we have a problem because the more our understanding is opened up to what God's saying and what he's teaching us to do, now we're accountable. These guys have a problem. But you're not the first guy to ever have a problem with God. Hello? Check this out in John 11, starting at verse 45. And and just so you understand in verse 44 is when Jesus said, hey, take the grave clothes off and let him free. He just called Lazarus out of the tomb. Okay, by the way, you know, it was one thing when he was healing some blind eyes and opening some deaf ears, and there were some folks that couldn't walk straight, and now they're walking straight. And, and you know, I mean, it was one thing, but they even used those things kind of against him, because there was people, there was people there. You know, in this story, because Lazarus and his family, man, man, they, they're they're not rednecks. You know, they they are prominent people, and uh, they have quite a following of their own. And, but people would say, "Hey, remember the blind guy that he healed? He didn't even know him." Remember the deaf ears that that he unstopped and that guy was talking? That that guy was even from the wrong part of the country. He shouldn't even have had anything to do with him. Remember the guy that couldn't walk and he was walking? You know what? That guy, you know, now you know where he's walking to? He's walking into the bar someplace. He should have just left him sitting alongside of the road. And they'll pick apart everything that he'd done. But when it came to Lazarus, I mean, when Jesus showed up, they're thinking, you know, he, he, these people, they, they, didn't, they didn't deserve it. He didn't know them. They weren't the right people. And his own friend was dying, and he wouldn't take time to come heal him. There's your Jesus for you. If that's Jesus, he's supposed to be the Messiah, and he won't even take time. And, and, and they're all hanging around complaining about Jesus. Jesus shows up. This guy's he's not dead. He's dead, 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 dead. Okay, it's not like he just passed out a few minutes ago. He's been in the ground four days. And when he walks up and he says, "Hey, let's move that stone," they're going, "Hold on, sucker!" You, that, you know, King James, he stinketh. And they're like, "Don't, don't, don't move the stone because it's going to impact it's going to impact the environment that we've created in a negative way." And a lot of us don't want Jesus showing up doing the miraculous because it would cause the environment that we've created to be a little bit more uncomfortable than we like. I'm talking to some of you this morning. If Jesus brought resurrection and life into your situation, you're going to have to deal with a stink for a little bit. Jesus, he says, oh, be quiet. And he prays this prayer. Go read the prayer. It's an awesome prayer. Because he's talking to God and he says, hey, God, you and I are going to talk here for a minute. I don't need to talk to you about it because we've already talked about it. I already know what you're going to do. You already know what we're going to do. But for the sake of these people here that don't believe anything, I'm going to talk to you about it so that they know that it's you. And in just a minute I'm going to have them move the stone. Okay, ready? Go. Laz! And here he comes. And a guy comes out that's been dead for four days and takes the grave clothes off. Okay? That's where we are. Now we get to verse 45. Many go back to verse 45. Many of the Jews who had come to visit. See, they had a following. They had friends. They had shown up. They'd been there for a while. They showed up when he was sick. They stayed after he died. Hey, hey, they didn't just come in and leave town. No. Many who had come to visit Mary had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Say, duh. Okay. He just raised Lazarus. Now we believe. Okay. We're talking about some power. This guy's got some power now. now. Now we believe. Now look at 46. And, uh, but some of them went and told on him. Some went to the Pharisees and told them, you're not going to believe this. You know, remember the eyes, remember the ears, remember the leg? Yeah, but this guy was dead, 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 dead. And he's raised him. Look at verse 47. Uh, and, and the chief priests of the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were religious groups that didn't get along. It's hard to believe. (laughs) And out of those groups, they had a group called the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin is kind of like the the, the Supreme Court. And and, uh, they were put in power... By, by the Romans and by 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 the people not not just to not just to help with uh, you know earthly legal stuff but to help discern and understand uh God law and, and uh, they didn't get along but now they've come together to have a meeting to work together because they have a common problem because hey you we, we got this position we have this power and, and and the Sanhedrin by the way one of their main objectives was to identify because the people are they've been for a long time we've been looking for the Messiah, and one of their main objections, uh, obj, or, or you know what I'm talking about, their, their main assignment is to, uh, is, is to recognize, wh- because there's, everybody's showing up saying, they're, 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 I'm the Messiah. Well, Sanhedrin, one, one of their objectives was to, to identify if this is the true guy or not. So they're kind of in a hard spot, because you don't want to back the wrong guy. Because you back the wrong guy, the Romans are going to take you out. And, 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 and this nation of Israel is not going to be super happy. And so they had a job, and, and, and it was to identify the true Messiah so that when he came, because they were under the impression that when the Messiah shows up, man, this nation's going to rise up and it's going to rule the earth. And now we got this Jesus cat who's going around and everybody's saying, oh, we think that's him. And they've even asked him, hey, you call me teacher, you call me Lord, and that is what I am. And so now the Sanhedrin, they all get together and they're having this meeting, right? And and they said, what are we accomplishing? Here is this man performing all of these signs and miracles. Look at verse 48. It's it's awesome. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Does that not just sound like the church? If we let him move, believers will start coming from out of the cracks We'll end up with people we don't like coming to our church. If we let him do what he intends to do, the environment that we've created is going to shift. Muslims will come. You know, uh, I just, i want, I'll just, just calm down. I just breathe, breathe in and go, and then blow it out. One of the events not too, you know, not too long ago, we, we had some Muslim families show up and there were some people who were very stirred up. What are they doing here? Only they didn't use that, that nice of words. And I just want to say this to you, that our mission is to find people who are far from God and walk with them till they're close to God. Someone may not believe what you believe, but how are you going to lead them to Jesus if you won't let them walk with you? Well, if we let him go on like this, everyone's going to believe. And I don't want them to believe because I like to argue with them. Think about that statement. If we let him go on like this, There's something about power that actually makes you think you're in control. If we let him, he's God. If we let God be God, they're going to know we're not God. And the Romans will come, check it out, The Romans will come and take away. See, there's the fear. I'm going to lose something. They're going to take away both our temple. Excuse me. Whose temple? And they're going to take away our nation. I thought that was the nation of God. And so look at the next verse. Uh, uh, The one named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, and in that interview, that year see our king is king forever and that year there's a guy who says you guys don't get it you know nothing you know nothing look look at verse 50 look at what he says you don't realize that it's better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish you guys don't get it see we, we have power. We have authority. So here's what we're going to do. And, and you read on down, it says, from that moment forward, they sought out to, to kill Jesus. From that moment forward. Because here, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that in order for you to stay in control of your life, all you got to do is kill Jesus. See, all you got to do to get what you want is to eradicate God from your life. And you can have religion because religion is it's the same root word we get the word relic from. Religion simply means that which is left behind. So after God's gone, you have religion. So you can have religion and not have to worry about God. But if God is alive, if Jesus is on the throne, if he is the one that you are a wholehearted servant of, he's going to tell you to do stuff you don't like. Because he don't care. Because he's going to change you. But he can't change you without challenging you. And, oh hello somebody he's gonna he's gonna elevate he wants to empower you but first we got to see if you'll use power for the purpose it was intended are you going to protect the blessing which would make you reject the will or will you embrace the will even if it costs you the blessing see, One thing we know about God's character is that if it's his plan to prosper me, I probably don't have to worry about the blessing. I just better find out what the will is. If I know the plan... If I know the plan, see, I don't have to pursue prosperity. I have to seek the plan. See, God has a plan. You, 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 Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts and the plan that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not harm you. Well, I don't have to seek prosperity. I seek the plan. And if I know the plan and carry out the plan, then the plan includes my prospering. So I realize that God's going to take care of me if I take care of the plan that God has for me. Okay, so I just need to understand the plan, and I need to be willing to pursue the plan, and, and, and I need to quit trying to kill Jesus so I can do whatever I want. Hello, somebody. I want you to look at one more verse with me, maybe maybe one more. If you go to Philippians 2, we love Philippians 2. I, by the way, read, start at verse 1 someday and read through the whole thing and do it in the message. It's really cool. If you've gotten anything about be, being a part of the family of faith, if if, if, if if this community of believers has done anything for you, do, do me a favor. Agree with each other, love one another, be deep-spirited friends. Agree with each other, love one another, be deep-spirited friends. Agree, that's what we call doing life together. Agree with each other, love one another, be deep-spirited friends. But then, then just pick up verse 3, and we're going to read it from the NIV. It says, don't Don't do anything. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Crap. Well, shoot, a bunch of us are done now already. Because everything we do is out of selfish ambition and vain conceit. So if we're going to do nothing out of selfish ambition, a lot of you are going to do nothing. But rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Wait a minute. What others? We need, to, we, we need to differentiate the others here. Because some others don't deserve, if I value them more than myself, then I'm lowering my value. No, you're using your power to elevate others, not to elevate yourself. In humility, value others above you. Don't look to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. But if I do that, what about my interests? I've worked hard to get where I am. Well, wait a minute, I thought that you were a believer. No, you need to work hard, but you need to understand that it's God who directs your steps. You need to realize that without His divine intervention, you'd just be a greasy spot on the highway of life. That Had it not been for him, remember when he saved you? Remember when he rescued you? Remember when he picked you up out of the miry clay and set your feet upon a rock, put a new song, even praise unto God into your mouth? Remember, remember when he healed you. remember when he restored your family. remember when he fixed the mess not the others had created for you, but the one you made. Remember remember when he, when he when he reached back and drew you into a, into a safe place. Re- remember when he gave you the, the ability to, to use your hand and to build those things and he gave you a mind that was that was creative and, and, and you, you remember how he empowered you to position you where you are. It wasn't for your personal entertainment. Can I just tell you that if you have a problem with Day of Hope, or if you can't drop off your shoes, your future is not going to be super big. Why would it? If he can't trust you with what you have right now, I wouldn't be expecting a whole lot more. In your relationships, verse 5, we'll just move on because your response was actually mean. In your relationships with one another, (laughs) in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset or the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. I've had people tell me, well, I'm not Jesus. (laughs) Well, he's not done with you yet. You'll get there who being in the very nature of God, he being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. One translation says it's something to be grasped, something to be held tight. No, you don't get tight fist with what God's giving you. You get open-handed. And he said, you know, being in very nature God, he He didn't use equality with God to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing the the original the original says that jesus emptied himself of self yeah but if i do that my dreams my hopes see here's where we got to remember most of us have a t-shirt and a bumper sticker but we don't we don't really believe god i mean if we do it his way he'll take care of us i'm not talking about you know you're gonna end up, you know, just destitute and broke. No, 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 no. See, in the kingdom, the way up is down. You wanna be the greatest? Serve everybody. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, that's why, that's why, that, you see, when you're reading this, you got to understand, that's why God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above all names. Why? Because he used his power not for his own purpose, but to elevate the status of others. See, here's the thing is God has empowered you. He has gifted you. There are things in you that are from God himself. His fingerprints are all over your life. And what he wants to know is will you use the power that he's given you for the purpose for which it was given? And if you'll use the power for the purpose that it was given, instead of coming up with excuses for why you can't walk in that power, why you can't demonstrate that power, why you can't share that power, why you can't use that power. If you you will get over yourself and empty yourself of self, He will elevate you. He will cause your life to be a tremendous blessing. You'll get up every day going, <laughs> ah, here we go, baby. He's not going to, you know, yeah, but what if God calls me to, to, to Mexico? Mexico has enough problems of their own. They don't need you. No, God's not going to make your life miserable. He's going to make it wonderful. He, kn- he, knows, he knows how to bring fulfillment to you. He knows, he knows how to, how, how, man. He knows, he knows exactly what you're needing. And the enemy's trying to tell you, like those other guys, oh, you, you better snuff him out. You better snuff him out because if we don't snuff him out. You know what he's going to do? Everybody's going to see us, him. And we need him to think it's us. We, we need people to look at us and recognize how awesome we are. God needs to change the way we think because his desire is to increase your power. Yeah. I'm telling you, God wants to give us greater influence in our cities. Yeah. But we got to use it to elevate the status of others. You know, we we got to see this opportunity that God's blessed us with. And we got to recognize the purpose for which it has been given. And it's, it's to pull others up. It's to pull others up. It's to, it's to reach out and say, okay, look, I know you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it, but here's, here's a hand of forgiveness. Why? Because God has empowered me to forgive. You know, it's to reach out and say, hey, there's healing available for you. Come on, just be healed. Be set free. You know, uh, don't, don't look back to the past. So we, we, we've we all come from a weird past. Let's all embrace the future. And we need to use what God's empowered us with for the purpose for which he's given it. we gotta, we got to live to bless others. Your life is going to make an eternal difference in the lives of multitudes. And the enemy doesn't want you to know that. Your life is making a difference today God wants to open your eyes and show you how how to increase that that effectiveness and the, you know at, at the end of life when in, which by the way we all suffer from the same disease it's called life and it's going to kill us all we're all dying from it someday I mean I don't don't mean to be depressing, but someday we're all going to die. And when we do, you know what they do? They take your body out, throw it in a hole in the ground, put dirt in your face, and go back to church and eat potato salad. <laughs> and at the end of life, let me tell you what they celebrate. Done lots of, lots of services for those who've gone to be with Jesus. You know, you know what's celebrated at the end of life? It is not the material things that that person has accumulated but it is the generosity that they have demonstrated. The difference that their life has made in others. Your life can make an incredible difference. All you got to do is decide, who am I getting rid of? Jesus or me? Don't you wish we'd started there today? Cause that's the question. Who's gotta go? We got a problem. It can't be me and Jesus. But well, me and Jesus, you know, we have our own thing. No. What are you talking about? There's no room for you and Jesus. It's either Jesus or you. Today, we got to make a choice. As for me in my house, remember what Joshua said? As for me in my house, it's him. Bow your head. Father, today, we come to this place of decision. And God, we just want to declare today that you are our choice. I have decided. you be Lord. You be God. All heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to pray one more prayer together. Some of you, I don't know, maybe you've never made this prayer personal. Maybe you've prayed it several times, but you keep breaking the relationship. If Today, if you know what I need to do is I need to make this decision, I need to get real with God I, so God can be real with me. I need to get Jesus on the throne of my life. I, I, I want to make a Declaration today that God is going to be God. If that's you, then I want to invite you to make this prayer that we're all going to pray together. Make it your prayer. We won't call you out, won't embarrass you, won't have you stand. But while no one's looking around, if you're here today and you say, Tom, I'm making that prayer my prayer, just hold your hand up real high so I can agree with you. Thank you, 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 thank you. (laughs) It's awesome. You can put them down. Anybody else want to say, yep, today? Today's my day. I choose Jesus. It's awesome. Thank you. I want us all to pray. Just pray this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God one more big
1: praise. Come on, give him a hand. Come on, if that made an impact on your life.